the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Check out monorail.com, America's affordable investment app made for conservatives who want to keep their hard-earned money with companies that share their value. Download the Monorail app today. Join Monorail. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. I was watching the coach of the National Basketball Association, Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. And he was asked at a, at a news conference about what is happening in China. The NBA hates America and loves China. It's a scummy organization, the NBA. Who's, who's the head of it? Is that Adam Silver? Who, who is, is that? Yeah, he's, he's really another one who, who, to the extent that he will ever be remembered, it will be for harming the cause of liberty on earth. The NBA seems to attract pretty scummy people in its higher echelons, and not a few like LeBron James in its, uh, among its players. So he uh, was asked if he would condemn what is happening in China. He said, well, I'm not, uh, you know, they don't ask me in China to condemn, I'm paraphrasing, to condemn uh, all the AR-15 mass murders in America. There you go. That's it. I had this when I was at Columbia in my graduate school days. The This was the exact line, as I've said many times, I learned Russian in order to read the Soviet communist newspaper, Pravda. That was my aim. I was not interested in... Uh, I was interested, but I... I my aim was not to read Russian literature in Russian or even to be able to converse in it fluently, but rather to read Pravda. Pravda's line was, who is America to condemn our human rights record here in the Soviet Union? Look at how America treats its black people and its other minorities and its women here in the Soviet Union, women work at every job just like men do. And that was true, boy. I saw that. <laughs> oh, God, I'll never forget. Never forget being on a street in Moscow and watching two women bricklayers. Um, I'll bet they were in their 30s. They looked in their 50s, but I'll bet they were in their 30s. And obviously I knew enough Russian to ask them, can I take a picture of you? And the reason I remember it so vividly was that they were so happy that a man wanted to take a picture of them. And they asked me to, if I would wait a moment while they fixed their hair. It touched me to the core of my soul. But you, you don't even know that story. It's a touching story, isn't it? 
women bricklayers. So Pravda would write all the time, Who, who's America to condemn Soviet totalitarianism? Of course, they would never use the term Soviet Union when America is so bad. And that's what uh, Steve Kerr, the coach of the Golden State Warriors, said. What is it? Who is the coach of the, of the San Antonio Spurs? Is a true hater of, of liberty in another another amoral human being coaches a, a team in the NBA. The NBA makes Popovich. Popovich, that's it. What what's his first name? Greg. Greg Popovich. Oh yes. It, it's so interesting how the coaches who are conservative, and I'm, I'm sure there might be a few, they keep their opinions to themselves. They don't politicize the sport. But the left wing poisons everything it touches, as you know. And so for four years, all we heard was his hatred of Donald Trump. Like Popovich is, is a, a deep thinker. And then, and then all the, the other kowtowing to the Chinese government. My friends, I want to reflect on life for a moment, because I do that all the time in my own mind. I always ask, what are the larger implications of all of these things? And one of them, in this instance, is so, is so clear. The battle to make a good world starts with the individual, and it's very hard, given human nature, to make a good world. It takes things that are so against human nature, like courage, wisdom. Wisdom is learned. Wisdom is learned like physics is learned. I urge you, I urge you to see my column today. It is Tuesday. My column is out every Tuesday. The the one question fools don't ask. What is the price? It's, uh, I worked uh, quite a while on this particular piece. It's up at DennisPrager.com. It's up at TownHall.com. And over the course of the week will be at Daily Wire, American Greatness, Jewish World Review, and many other places. But you can find it now at DennisPrager.com and at TownHall.com. Wisdom is rare. And the, the beauty of being a fool is that you don't know you're a fool. Many fools think they're wise. Popovich is an example. I don't know if uh, Kerr thinks he's wise. He just knows how to defend obsequiousness. So it's a dilemma. I had lived my whole life thinking that somehow America had done the almost impossible. It had taken the raw material of the human being and made a lot of really good ones in America. Of course, there, there are many bad ones, always have been, but I believed that it was weighted 
in favor of the good. Between the battle of the decent and the indecent, I lived a whole life persuaded that America had done, as I said, almost the impossible. And that is made a very large number of, of truly decent people. And I think that was largely true. And then it was undone, beginning with the post-World War II generation. It might have been earlier because the universities deteriorated morally and intellectually starting at the end of the 19th century when people went over to Germany to get PhDs because American universities were not offering doctorates. To paraphrase an old joke, when the universities got doctors, America got sick. That's what, uh, in a nutshell, the more PhDs, the worse the country. Every one of you listening, nah, not every one of you, 94.3% of you know that that is true. Say the sum total of goodness in America, of wisdom in America, increased as the number of PhDs increased? Of course you wouldn't. We had this uh, wonderful young woman on Tucker Carlson last night. She went to Mount Holyoke, 50000 a year, all, all girls' school. I learned something that I did not know. I wonder if you knew. I'm looking at my producer. That they had the girls get a special haircut. Are you aware of that? She mentioned that, and it's the second time I've heard that. Because long hair is sort of uh, too feminine. And you don't, you don't want that. I, I want to discuss that with her. I think that's a very, very big deal. The idea that a girl should want to look attractive, God forbid, even somewhat sexy. Uh, the left finds this uh, uh, truly vile. The only people, the only women they want to dress sexily are trans women. And ideally in front of kids. If you don't understand how sick the world of the left is, that's a tragedy for the country. If liberals understood that, we would save the country. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. History repeats itself, and we're seeing that play out with inflation. When Jimmy Carter took office in the late 70s, gold sold for $140 an ounce. By 1980, the price of gold topped out at $870 an ounce. If today's market performs like it did when Carter was in office, the price of gold could skyrocket from $1,800 an ounce to $9,300 an ounce. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. Don't miss out on a great opportunity to purchase precious metals while the prices are still stable. If history repeats itself, we'll see a run on gold, silver, and platinum that will certainly drive up prices. 
Be smart and buy now, as I am. At AmFed, you're dealing with specialists who provide you with personalized attention, honest information, and sound advice. You'll never be pressured into buying outrageously priced so-called collectible coins or anything that you don't need. Take advantage of today's prices. AmFed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Hi, friends. Sean, you'll tell me when we have that uh, ready. I want. Sorry, we'll play the audio. That's fine. Annabella, although it's (laughs) would be this is one of those cases the video would be helpful. Uh, But uh, I I rather you hear it uh, if if it's okay. I had Annabella Rockwell on. What? That was spontaneous, right? Putting her on the show. Well, and why did I do that? Because I had talked to her the night you before. You had talked to her the night before? At the PragerU. At, at the PragerU Gala? Um, or the PragerU a party? Yeah. Right. And she had told me her story. And she told you her story, so she came to visit the show. Yeah. Okay, what a great story. So, uh, she was on Tucker Carlson last night. And we have it from the beginning of Tucker uh, introducing her, Sean. Okay, take it away. So a lot of parents have had this experience. You send your kid off to college. You're proud. Dylan got into Duke. We're so happy. And then the kid comes back and hates not only you, but the country and himself. And the chances of that child having a happy, productive personal life go to about zero. That's the fruit of liberal arts in this country now. So it's a very common experience, but one mother decided to try and fix it. She sent her daughter to attend Mount Holyoke University of Massachusetts tuition over 50K a year. The child comes back totally programmed, like a cult member. So the mom spends 300 bucks a day for a deprogrammer to undo the brainwashing, and it worked. Annabella Rockwell is the daughter. She graduated Mount Holyoke. She's now the development director at PragerU. She joins us saying, Annabella, thank you so much for coming on. So deep program suggests undoing unreasonable religious belief. Did, did you feel like a, like a cult member after Mount Holyoke? Tucker, thank you so much for having me. First, I'm going to say that I arrived at Mount Holyoke bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, so excited to be there in 2011. And as soon as I got there, I was told that, you know, I should refer to myself as a first year, not a freshman, because we were at historically women's college. I was left a note in my mailbox saying, he may be a she, she may be a he, don't assume anyone's gender. And I thought, oh, okay, like, that's new. Uh, Hold on a second. Um, This is precious. It's an all-girls college. But you shouldn't assume that it's a girl? He may be a she, she may be a he, but it's an all-girls college. Also, you, you must understand the, the shallowness of every leftist, every, not every liberal, every leftist, is almost immeasurable. I don't know if you can say that about shallowness, usually about depth. Nevertheless, understand the the battles that they wage. We're an all-girls school, so you can't say freshman. Ooh, because we, weak, weak, I mean the opposite of strong, 
females can't handle the word freshman. It's jolting. Feminist and weak is almost synonymous. This is a perfect example. You pathetic girls and we pathetic faculty and and deans and president of Mount Holyoke, we can't handle the word freshman at an all-girls school. Do you understand, folks? She said that, but I, I know it didn't register in the depth of its shallowness to all of you. These are the battles that they wage because they are spoiled brats. They have life so good, they need to find some meaning. They're secular vessels of emptiness, of vapidness. This is a battle that must be waged. Get rid of the word freshman. <laughs> God almighty. Woo! Don't assume anybody's a she at an all-girls college. You enter, you enter a fantasy world of idiocy when you enter college. Let's continue. As soon as I got there, I was told that, you know, I should refer to myself as a first year, not a freshman, because we were a historically women's college. I was left Oh, wait, so now it's on? The, the video's on? You can watch it at Salem News Channel. You can watch this show at any time, and uh, Annabella and Tucker are on the video right now. Go ahead. Saying... He may be a she, she may be a he, don't assume anyone's gender. And I thought, oh, okay, like, that's new. Uh, and then the last thing was we had the moho chop, which was this ritualistic haircut that people did in the first semester where everyone would shave their head, um, sort of as an act of rebellion. So, Okay, so, let's, let's, question, right, so yes. that was the third of this, this great trifecta. Don't assume anyone at an all-girls college is a she. Don't use the word freshman. And get, I gotta look this up. Moho chop, correct? Mm -hmm. How would that be spelled? M O H O. Moho chop haircut images. Let's see it on a woman. Okay, so it's very, it's very short, correct? I mean, that's what I assumed. There's not too many, not too many pictures of it. Anyway, an act of rebellion. What is the rebellion against? Looking feminine with long hair. That's what I assume it is. All right, continue, Sean. I mean, as time went on and I studied history, I became completely brainwashed into believing that I was oppressed by our toxic patriarchal society. And I left school. I was sad, anxious intellectually starving and by 2015 when I graduated I completely estranged myself from my family yeah well that's um, that is underneath yeah. it all we joke about the lunacy on college campuses but the real cost is not that they'll vote Democrat the real cost is that they won't love their parents anymore and that's that's the most upsetting mm -hmm. part of it I think so how did you get better so in this panic of me not communicating with my mother, she consulted a cult specialist. Uh, this person gave right, we'll devastating statistics. All right, we'll continue with Annabella Rockwell of PragerU on Tucker Carlson last night. The story is very important. 
You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special available to my listeners on the Percale and Giza Dream bed sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing the soft feel you look for in a towel. This set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. For a limited time, you can get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with the promo code Prager. Don't miss out on these extraordinary offers. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. 800-761-6302. Use the promo code Prager or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use the promo code Prager. By the way, I know Robert O'Brien personally. I, I don't know most of the presenters at Prager you obviously. We have over 500 videos. So we, what do we have about? 300 presenters? And uh, this is a very, this, this is, when I imagine an American at, at or Americans at their best, uh, Robert O'Brien is an example to me. So Annabella Rockwell was on Tucker last night describing what happened to her at Mount Holyoke. So it drove the Daily Beast crazy, didn't it? It's so interesting. What what is the headline there in the Daily Beast? Tucker Carlson laps up grad's claim of unlearning wokeism with PragerU. I'll tell you, these free ads for PragerU on the part of the left, I can't thank them enough. We we use this as fundraising material. The, the we drive them crazy because we're very sophisticated at PragerU. They never actually quote something in, in the thousands and thousands of hours. You realize they, they, they can't find a quote. They dismiss me at the end of their article because the Daily Mail once reported that I said that I so don't fear germs in any excessive way that if a utensil of mine falls on the floor at a restaurant... I will actually pick it up and use it. I, waiters ru- rush over as if the, there's toxic waste on the on the fork. And it was my way. It was a, it, it shows you how much everything I say is monitored, which is which is par for the course. I said it on a fireside chat during COVID, and I told people, you know, you're worrying about, for example, getting COVID from inanimate objects is misplaced turns out to have been right so they that's how they end the article Prager U describes itself as a free alternative to the dominant left-wing ideology in culture media and education yeah the group is named after right-wing talk radio and online video pundit Dennis Prager who amid the coronavirus coronavirus pandemic in April 2020 bragged about using utensils after having fallen on the floor at restaurants. Is that awesome? That's what they caught me on. You're going to listen to this guy? He actually uses a utensil that fell on the floor. You're going to listen to him? (laughs) 
the, it shows you what drives them crazy that I, that I don't walk around with their fears. Who do you think is more likely to uh, be afraid if their fork fell on the floor in a restaurant? A leftist or a rightist? Interesting question. So it drove them crazy because, after all, there's no wokeism at our college, at our colleges. Let's continue with Annabella uh, last night on Tucker. Most people don't make it out, but a glimmer of hope that it tends to be young women who do. So she spoke to him, and he made it very clear to her, do not affirm your daughter's newfound identity. You know her best. Right, she so, is she, your let me explain. Child. She's referring to the person that her mom brought in to uh, who was a cult specialist, which is exactly what you would need because leftism is a cult. One proof, there are many, one proof of the, that left is, the left is a cult is that every single cult, one of, the first thing, one of the first things it does is undermine parental authority. The enemy of cults is parental authority. And that is exactly what the left does. You're, you're 11 years old, and you say you're a boy, you're a girl who says she's a boy, and uh, all over America, in many cities, the school is not obliged to tell the parents that their own daughter says she's a boy and is referred to by a boy's name at, at school. Right. If that is not the obvious undermining of parental authority, nothing is. That's one of the examples of its cult-like status. So she's describing what this person said to the mom, and you should all hear this. You don't have to go along with your child's brainwash. That's a very big lesson of, of, of Annabella's. I'd like to talk to her mom. Her mom's a hero in this story, you know? Yeah. Are you a successful loan officer in the mortgage business looking to grow your business in 2023? Are you looking for a dynamic and supportive work environment with the team I trust? Are you looking for a wonderful culture with people that share your values? Andrew Del Rey and Ted Avakian of andrewandtodd.com are looking for experienced loan officers to join their team. They're looking for people that value their clients and are solution-based problem solvers. Maybe you've worked in an environment that treats loan officers and their clients like a number and you're ready for a real and meaningful change. They have offices in Southern California, but service clients nationwide. So whether you're in California or out of state, I invite you to talk to them about joining their team. Call them at 888-888-1172. That's 888-1172. Or click the Join Our Team button at andrewandtodd.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Great to be with you. That's the truth, Ruth. Another, another store in Portland, Oregon, has closed down, which means nothing to the Democrats who run Oregon or Portland. In fact, I think part of them... In, in both senses, in part of each individual, and 
part of the Democratic Party is actually happy about this because small businesses aren't aren't as controllable as big business. Big businesses are the horrors of the country. And I know this will sound like I'm being cute, but I mean it sincerely. I, I regret saying that because I think more highly of horrors than I do of most big businesses in America, whether it's Disney or Nike or so many others. So a man... What's a, what's the man's name? Reigns. Reigns is a, oh, it's just it's a store. Mm-hmm. Reigns is a designer outerwear store in Portland. It announced that it is shut down due to constant and unrelenting criminal behavior. Many businesses there closed following the BLM Antifa riots that decimated police numbers. So the store is is called. Pucks, correct? No, it's called Reigns. So why does he say Dear Pucks customers? He doesn't say Dear Pucks customers. He says Dear PDX customers. You're right. You really have to zoom in to see that that's a D. And what is PDX? Portland. Portland Airport code is PDX. Okay, gotcha. Thank you. You know Oregon well. You have your family's there. Thank you to all of the honest, and this is the note that he put up closing his store. Thank you to all of the honest and conscientious customers who have supported us. Over the last three years, Reigns PDX was a locally owned small business, but due to the constant and unrelenting criminal behavior coupled with escalating safety issues for our employees, we have decided to permanently close. Our city is in peril. Small businesses and large, cannot sustain doing business. In our city's current state, we have no protection or recourse against the criminal behavior that goes unpunished. Do not be fooled into thinking that insurance companies cover losses. We have sustained 15 break-ins. Wow. 15. Amazing. We have not received any financial reimbursement since the 3rd. So 12 break-ins, they got no, no uh, reimbursement. <laughs> Portland has always been known for its thriving. So sad, I-T apostrophe S. By the way, the fact that I would say half, at least half of America doesn't know the difference between I-T-S and I-T apostrophe S, doesn't that tell you alone the utter and abject failure of our schooling system. You don't know the difference between it's and it is? You know that when I sign my books at speeches to a young person, I actually say to them, can you read cursive? I might sign my name. I might write to their name, pleasure to meet you, hope you enjoy my book. All, all best wishes, and they not be able to read it. They learn almost nothing in school in the United States of America. They learn how not to think clearly, and they learn how bad America is, and they learn to be radically secular. And now, of course, they learn that there's no such thing as boy or girl. It's a completely subjective state. 
I'm sorry, I don't have tolerance for ITS or IT apostrophe S when done wrong. Be that as it may, it doesn't in any way reduce my sympathy for this store owner. Portland has always been known for its thriving and abundant local, independently owned small businesses. If small businesses are forced out, then our city will have lost a lot of what makes it a unique and desirable place to live. Please do your part to support small businesses this holiday season and beyond. Please be vigilant in voting to make our city safe again. Thank you and happy holidays. Hmm. Be vigilant in voting to make our city safe again. Does that mean vote Republican? What else can it mean, right? Nobody believes if you vote Democrat you're making your city safe again. So the, the, the lying fool who was the governor of California made an announcement that it's just a lie that Democrats are in charge of places with great crime because so many of the places with the highest crime rates, murder rates, are red states. So why is it so utterly deceptive, intentionally lying on the part of Gavin Newsom, the man who told everybody to wear a mask and then didn't wear one at a restaurant? Remember that? They called him a hypocrite. He wasn't a hypocrite. He was a liar. There's a big difference between a hypocrite. He knew masks are worthless. If he believed that they saved lives, he'd want to save his own, correct? Same with Nancy Pelosi. Remember the... The video of her at a a hair salon not wearing a mask? They lie because truth is not a left-wing value. So Newsom announces, I'll play it for you later, Newsom announces that, hey, they're not telling you the truth, the Republicans. It's the red states that have the highest murder rate. But, of course, it's the red cities. It's the blue cities, excuse me. Democrat-run cities that have the high murder rate. Of course, if you do it on state percentages, you'll get a different outcome. Don't do it on state. Do it on city. That's right. All these murders are taking place in Chicago, Philadelphia, New York. But hey, it's the Republicans' fault. Yeah. You wear masks. That's right. You wear masks. Two-year-olds have to wear masks on airplanes. I don't really believe in it, me, Gavin Newsom. I won't wear it. I didn't know I was being videoed while not wearing it at a restaurant. It's tempting to say that whenever they speak, they lie, but of course it's not true. When it has nothing to do with self-interest, they may well tell the, the truth. You ask them what the temperature is, they'll probably tell you the truth. Defund the police. Wow. What percentage of American kids at college think it's a good idea to defund the police? What do you think the answer would be? I don't know, but the fact that I'm posing the question, maybe I'll ask Julie later when we, when we talk. 
talk about her generation next hour. Israeli professor at MIT says, stop the vax. This is from Epic Times. Halt vaccination of young people until vaccine-linked myocarditis is studied, says MIT professor. Retsef Levy, a former Israeli military intelligence officer and expert in risk management and health systems and a professor at MIT, co-authored a paper that found a 25% rise in heart attack emergency calls among young Israelis after the country's rollout of the COVID genetic vaccine. It is one of the few enduring sadnesses of my personal life that both my sons got vaccinated. I, I worry about it. One had no choice if he wanted to keep his job, and, and the other did it for other reasons. But um, I worry about them. The evil done by the medical establishment in the United States was, was to me, a shock. I don't know how else to describe it. I trust nothing they say at this time. FDA, NIH, CDC, AMA, any one of the medical associations, the Children's Hospital Association, I trust nothing they say. Folks, I'm taking listeners on a Prager listener cruise. Done it for 25 years. I would have done it in 2020, and I would have done it in 2021. But cruise lines were not allowed to operate. Do you know, I actually believe that many of you would have come. A lot of you, like me, did not panic and did not believe watching Sweden. That was enough. Sweden, they should have been dying like flies in Sweden if uh, lockdowns were critical to saving lives. Kids should have been dying like flies. Teachers should have been. They didn't close any schools. Kids to the age of 16 went to school every every day. But this year we're having, uh, next year we're having the cruise again. It's a land and ship trip in Eastern Europe. Starts in Vienna, goes to Bulgaria, Romania, and I always forget the, all, th- all three. What's the third again? Serbia. Great stuff. Anyway, it's sold out, as I, as I said it would be, and they all are. And you can put your name on the waiting list. Go to coastlinetravel.com or go to dennisprager.com and click on the banner. Because there, there are always some cancellations at the last moments. Halt vaccination of young people until vaccine-linked myocarditis is studied, says an MIT professor, an Israeli former military intelligence officer. That's right. He co-authored a paper that found a 25% rise in heart attack emergency calls among young Israelis after the country's rollout of the COVID 
vaccine. Levy argues that there is enough data from this and various other studies on the vaccine's adverse heart effects to stop its use and run a thorough investigation into why many once healthy young people suffer or die from heart inflammation after being vaccinated. The main question that we need to ask ourselves is, do we have enough evidence from this study and many other studies to say halt? Levy said in a recent interview, we're going to stop these vaccines for young individuals, but maybe overall, and we're going to take the time to really look very, very carefully and scrutinize every piece of data and bring together every possible piece of data to understand what is the answer. So, if you reported this on Twitter uh, six months ago, three months ago, would they take it down as misinformation? They, they would have, yeah. Yeah? Could you put it on Facebook at this time? I wonder. So, did, uh, did Twitter collude in the death of young people? I believe so. I believe every left-wing organization, which includes big tech colluded in the death of young people in this country and in other countries. I have a piece here that I wanted to read. Here we go. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Did you see this notable and quotable Randy Weingarten? Oh, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo in an interview with Semaphore on November 21st. I get asked, who's the most dangerous person in the world? Is it Chairman Kim? Is it Xi Jinping? The most dangerous person in the world is Randy Weingarten. It's not a close call. If you ask who's the most likely to take this republic down, it would be the teachers' unions and the, f- and the filth they're teaching our kids. These are the things that candidates should speak to in a way that says, here's the problem. Here's a proposal for how to solve it. And if given the opportunity, these are the things I will go work on to try and deliver that outcome that fixes that problem. If there's something in the textbook that shouldn't be there, it's okay to identify that and call it out. But that's just openers. Then the question is, So tell me how it is the case that you're going to convince the people of Sedgwick County, Kansas, that they need to identify school board members who are going to push through a curriculum that actually returns to the ideas that made America unique and special. If our kids don't grow up understanding America is an exceptional nation, we're done. If they think it's an oppressor class and an oppressed class, If they think the 1619 Project and we were founded on a racist idea, if those are the things people entered the seventh grade deeply embedded in their understanding of America, it's difficult to understand how Xi Jinping claim that America is in decline won't prove true. Randy Weingarten is a despicable human being. The teachers' unions are all despicable. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand either I am despicable or they are? Because if I'm wrong, I am despicable. 
to accuse teachers' unions of being the enemy of children is a pretty big charge. So either I'm wrong, in which case I should be dismissed from this job. I should not be taken seriously by any of you. Or if I'm right, then teachers' unions are the enemy of America's children, and they are. They, they colluded in the obscenity of keeping them out of class for two years. They collude in the uh, premature sexualization of children. They collude in the America hatred that is taught to children. Teachers' unions. Yeah, teachers' unions. Bless Mike Pompeo. He's now up there in my esteemed Republicans list. It's not a small list, by the way. Not that cynical. Wow. That was a powerful thing. Randy Weingarten. Wow. How does America produce such ugly human beings? I'm talking morally ugly. That's a real good question. Well, I'll tell you how it begins to. It undermines gratitude for living in this free country. As I say, uh, probably every week. In America, you get a BA in ingratitude, an MA in ingratitude, and a PhD in ingratitude. That's, that'll do a lot of harm. This is a powerful thing, Mike Pompeo said. A lot of Republicans have no, no guts. It's an interesting question. Would Mitt Romney say this? Wouldn't it be interesting to ask him, do you agree with Mike Pompeo that Randy Weingarten is, a, is an enemy of a better country? Hello, my friends. By the way, I don't know if I actually identified Randy Weingarten. What is it? The United... Un, United Education. Oh, NAA. National Education Association. Yeah. yeah. I, I want you to understand that the fact that Mike Pompeo is that blunt, honest, and eloquent, and understands that the enemy of goodness are people like her, and, and I say this with only sadness, obviously, um, means that uh, he rises to among those that I would love to see as running for president as a Republican. Apparently, most, most every, virtually every report I get about people who know him speak of his intelligence and his values. There, there are a lot of uh, good, uh, good folks there. So Kanye West showed up with, uh, what is that uh, pu- the, the, the truly evil individual that he came with? Nick Fuentes. Nick Fuentes. I played for you yesterday. They showed up at Tim Pool show. I was on Tim Pool last year. Tim Pool comes across quite uh, quite honorably in the story. He really wrestled, and this is not his report. It's a report for, for the Spectator. He really wrestled. If you don't know who Tim Pool is, he has a very popular podcast. I know it because one of my sons is a big fan. 
In fact, when I went to the show, he actually accompanied me to the Tim Pool studio. And he really wrestled with what to do, having Fuentes, who was a Holocaust denier. A word about Holocaust denial. I do believe in a hell, because I believe God is good, and you can't have a good God and no punishment. God is not good if, if evil people are not punished. There is no good God. And uh, if if there is a good God, and I think there is, then there is a hell, and I believe Holocaust deniers get there very rapidly upon death. It's hard to imagine something more vile, the suffering of those six million people, and then to deny that they suffered. There's something so so twisted in your in your moral consciousness to say that and to I played for you him comparing cremated Jews to uh, uh, baked cookies and you couldn't bake six million cookies in five years it's a deep man that Kanye West likes him is is pretty much seals the deal that we have a we don't have a decent human being in Kanye West. Bringing him to meet the, with the president uh, was a slap in the face of the president. I got an annoyed note from someone who was deep respect for me. Why didn't I condemn the president? I have no problem in condemning uh, Donald Trump when he is worthy of condemnation. I believe him that he did not know that Fuentes was coming. And when he found out who he was, I, to the best of my knowledge, he ended the meeting. Why would he meet Kanye West at all? As I said yesterday or the day before, what is, yeah, it must have been yesterday, yeah. As I said yesterday, he has a faith that he can do anything. He has, a, he does have, uh, shall we say, great self-confidence, perhaps too great. And again, I thought he was a great president, and I said so for four years. But I think he believed that he could uh, dissuade Kanye West and wanted to meet with him, presumably alone, and Kanye West brings the scum of the earth, this Nick Fuentes. I want to say another thing about Holocaust denial. The term has been cheapened. I'll never forget the, I forgot her name. She was a major columnist for the Boston Globe. And she said in one of her columns, climate denial is the same as Holocaust denial. The left has so cheapened the word Nazi and even the word Holocaust denial, that it is part of the problem of our time. Hi, everybody. The Ultimate Issues Hour at Dennis Prager Show every Tuesday. You know, it was a gamble. I've mentioned this in the past because there's really nothing quite like it. This is not a boast. It's just a fact. In talk radio, taking an hour every week, not about the news, 
but about ultimate issues. Because the truth is, that's our crisis. People have not not thought through the ultimate issues. So, every Tuesday, third hour is Ultimate Issues Hour. Do you remember what year we started? Uh, I, I don't remember, but I can tell you exactly. Yes, he he's looking it up. The, the living martyr, the producer, the dear friend. Anyway, welcome. I'm Dennis Prager, and on occasion, pretty rarely, I have a guest during the uh, Ultimate Issues Hour. My guest is Julie Hartman, and for those of you who don't know, Julie and I have been doing a podcast. How many do we, have we put up now? 36 or Close something? to 40. 38. 38. 38. That is amazing. 38 consecutive weeks. And we started it out of my Harvard dorm room when I was a senior. A beautiful room, if I recall. <laughs> On screen, it was a beautiful room. I was you joking. You should have seen off not, screen. No, no, no. I, well, it wasn't beautiful on screen, and it was clearly <laughs> less beautiful. Hey, I thought it was beautiful no, on no. screen. No, it, 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 it was a wall. That's Fair all enough. I remember is you and a wall. Fair enough. Anyways, a dorm room. Who expects it to be beautiful? So uh, uh, it's called uh, it's called Dennis and Julie, and it's it's very different from everything else i've ever done i've never had a co-host and it's very different from anything else you can hear we just talk about life and ourselves a lot so anyway it's called dennis and julie and it's easy to find anywhere you you listen to podcasts and you can view it on youtube but the reason i am having julie on the ultimate issues hour is that well, today you inaugurate your podcast, mm-hmm. which is called... Timeless with Julie Hartman. And it's called Timeless because... Because I was thinking that the reason why I'm conservative is that I believe that our values are timeless and eternal. And I, like you, like talking about those timeless and eternal themes. So I wanted people to know immediately that that's what they were going to get when they tune into that's me. a very good reason. Julie's 23 years old, and the reason I mention her age is that that is going to be the ultimate issue. What What is the crisis of your generation? What are you called? Are you Gen Zers? What, I think what we're it? Gen Z, yes. H- how did that name uh, arise? <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, fine. Okay, so I'm, I'm not out of the loop. There is no, no loop. No, you're not. I, I thought I was a millennial for most of my life, but it turns out I'm not because I was born in 99. You were born in the 20th century. I know. Isn't that cool? It is. And if I live enough years, I could be born. Uh, yes, and, you or could, I could have be lived, lived in three excuse different me, in three, centuries. Yes, centuries. That's cool. And, and two millennia. <laughs> You've really thought this oh, through. Oh, I certainly have. I just have to live long enough. Got to eat right, do exercise. You, do you believe the data? And I don't know your answer to this. I, I am curious. Do you believe the data that... Approaching half of your generation is depressed? Not only do I believe it, I see it with my own eyes. In high school, almost the entirety of my class was medicated. With They're either on uh, antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications, and that was the same in college. Wow. I did not expect that answer. So... So when I think back to my... My years uh, at your age, I don't remember anybody 
uh, on meds. <laughs> Do you remember? Very rare. Very rare. You're, you're 10 years younger than me. And, and you don't remember. Now, that people might claim, well, they, they might claim two things. One, it wasn't diagnosed in those days. Right. Or B, nobody would tell you if they were, mm-hmm. whereas there's much less shame today. I, however, I don't believe that those, those are, are, are real responses. I think that in, in my age group, at your age, there were, there were many more happy people. Or at least not depressed. Mm-hmm. What's happened in your view? This is why it's an ultimate issue. Because obviously I have views and I'll share them, but I, I'm, I want to hear yours first. I think the answer is that we are spiritually suffocated. We don't have religion in our lives. You know, I was just mentioning that I call my podcast timeless. We don't have timeless and eternal values in our lives. We don't talk about them. We don't embrace them. Instead, we've really run towards an accomplishment-obsessed culture. A lot of people my age are obsessed with getting into college. They're obsessed with going to a fancy graduate school or getting a good, i.e., fancy-named job. And that's their purpose in life now. And what happens is that leads to a very stale and brittle and desiccating life when you run away from spirituality and religion and the wisdom that that gives you and you run towards these materialistic things i think it leaves you feeling empty okay i fully agree Mm -hmm. as you know and uh, as my listeners know so here's an interesting question what do you think your roommates at harvard Mm -hmm. would say if if they heard you say this in response to the fact that we're spiritually suffocated yes they would say that we are not because we have literature we don't need religion to provide us with wisdom or a sense of purpose in life a lot of the same values that are espoused in the bible are espoused in literature and tv and movies so they would say we have we have that that's what you really caught me off guard here (laughs) really yeah i I assume the answer you would give, because it's the answer that I that I thought up, is, well, you're just wrong. It has nothing to do. We're depressed because of global warming. We're depressed because of inflation. We're depressed because we're not getting the jobs that we really seek. We're depressed in part because of the hookup culture that didn't really work out as, as we had been promised. They wouldn't say that, though. They, they would they say all those say, other, but they wouldn't uh-huh. say the hookup culture. They would not acknowledge, even the girls. No, they would the not acknowledge. The girls would not acknowledge no, they would not. that that contributes to no. their depression. No. That's fa- they tell it to their th- therapists. Perhaps. I don't know. I'm not in those therapy sessions, but they, they deny that it causes them any kind of problems or angst. But yes, you're right. They would answer that way. They would say, you know, give the laundry list of grievances and say, that's why we're depressed. But with regard to the spirituality issue specifically, because I've raised this with people, they get very defensive. They don't accept, yes, we don't have spirituality or religion in our lives. They don't want to accept that we have a Again, stale, brittle, desiccating culture. They'll go, no, of course, we're full people. We're interesting people. We, you know, we have a vibrant life. We go to movies. We watch TV shows. We read books. That's how we get our meaning in life. 
And my response to that is, first of all, the TV shows and the movies and the books that are coming out nowadays have nothing to do with spirituality and and religion and wisdom. They're all about the social justice issues. And number two, to the extent that literature and movies and TV shows deal with timeless, eternal values, they are getting those values from religion. That's the thing that drives me crazy. My generation disparages religion, and yet the influence of it are, are all around us. Well, certainly that was true. I, I, I tell you, though, it's an interesting question. I wish I could. Boy, if I could, I would love to have your roommates or, or, or any five of your, any three of your fellow students by the way, if you were at the University of Montana, I would say the same thing. Right. But I, I, so I'm just saying Harvard because that's where you attended. But I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's worse, although that's an interesting question. Is the level of depression at the University of Montana hmm. the same as at Harvard? If you, had to, if you had to guess, what would you say? I have, I have no answer. I'm curious what you might say. I would say at Harvard it's more. Well, okay, that's worth exploring. Yes. So, folks, the ultimate issues question, why are so many young Americans depressed, more so than ever recorded in American history? 1-8-Prager-776-877-243-776. Julie Hartman's podcast, Timeless, begins today. The Dennis Prager Show. How could I possibly have needed so much more? Subject of this Ultimate Issues Hour is why are so many young Americans depressed? According to every report, left or right, higher depression rates than ever recorded in American history for this age group. I have a member of this age group, Julie Hartman. Dennis and Julie is now in its 39th week. Every week we do about an hour and a half of remarkably open talk with each other. And she's beginning her own podcast on the Salem Radio Network today. Where do people find it? They, they can go on YouTube at 1 o'clock Pacific and 4 p.m. Eastern. So just in about an hour and a half. And they'll see it live. And then, Wow, that's gutsy. I know. We're doing it live because we have a call-in number. Which Who's we? Well... Me. But I say we because it, it takes I love a village. It. She has really adopted the jargon of a politician. Well, I, I actually... So we decided to run for Senate. Who's we? Me. I've actually done that consciously because I think... Well, I just did it myself, but I think nowadays people use the, the word I too much. And I'm really trying to be conscious not to do that. And I think we is appropriate because, yes, I'm the one in front of the camera. But as we know... See, there we go. Yeah. There's five to oh, eight please. people in that control booth that you, are... Sean is standing and saluting you now. You, <laughs> you really know how to, how to butter this guy up, okay? <laughs> I never say we. <laughs> I have no idea what I say in that regard, but I will be conscious of it now. So you can watch it live on YouTube yes. in about an hour and a half at yes. 1 p.m. Pacific. And then, it's, then it stays up, obviously. And then it stays up, yes. Yeah. So you can go on YouTube later and watch it or listen to right. it in podcast Cold form. Cold Timeless with and Julie Hartman. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So Monday, you're getting Dennis and Julie at 1 p.m. Pacific on YouTube. And then the remaining days of the week, you're getting Timeless with Julie Hartman at that time. I think it's great that you're doing all this. So I asked you 
why why you believe so many of your contemporaries are depressed. Mm-hmm. And we both have the same answer. Ultimately, it is the the, the death of the of of the ultimate, if you will. Yes. Look, every every single poll says that religious people are happier than secular people. Every single poll, whoever puts it out. So why would it not hold true? But I think what I said they would say is also true. I just read another thing, seven out of ten little kids, you know, like eight years old, mm. are severely worried about climate change. They won't survive into adulthood. So much the lying, scaring of the left has done to their lives like it did with regard to lockdowns and masks and so on. And it it doesn't matter how much they scare people, people still believe it. So do you think that it plays a role? You have no future, or as I put it, the left says at college and at high school, you have no future because of global warming, and you have no past that, that is worthy of being proud of. You are in a racist, genocidal country. I think it does play a role, but I think above all else, what it more so does is it makes the entirety of our lives political. So you go to school and you are just bombarded with all of these leftist party lines about climate change, racism, sexism, homophobia, etc. Then you go home and you want a little bit of a reprieve and you turn on the television and your TV show has a woke storyline. Or you go to the news and they're peddling the woke storyline at you there. Even, you know, we talk about this on Dennis and Julie, you go to a coffee shop and I see nowadays these people, they have their computers open and the back of their laptops have these computer stickers on them. I voted, just got vaccinated, row, row, row your vote, and row is, is spelled R-O-E. People just, it seems oh, like wherever. Oh, I didn't know that one. Yes, I oh, saw it the other day at Starbucks. Row, and I, row, row your vote. I know, oh. can you believe? But I think the point is, we, we can't escape, people my age cannot escape politics wherever we That's go. That's right. And again, it goes back to what I was saying about the absence of spirituality and religion, you you need your life to consist of more than just politics. Where is the room in our lives to talk about, as you just said, the ultimate? About- or even to just laugh. Yes. I, 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 you've, I'm sure you've heard me say it, but it, of course, predates you by many years. Late night TV was not political. It was, there was a legend named Johnny Carson. Nobody knew his politics. And he really believed... I have one role to bring some lightness into people's heavy lives mm-hmm. before they go to bed. Well, that's, not anymore. It's let me bring some heavy into their heavy lives. Well, that's what I want to do uh, with my show, Timeless. Obviously, it's going to be a news-driven show, but it's a huge priority of mine to spend a good bulk of every episode not talking about news, not talking about politics, talking about things like history or art, music, uh, great books, religion, great books I've read. Because again, I, I think it is so unhealthy and corrosive that all of us just constantly banter about politics. I want to show people there's way more to life than that. So here is a sort of ad for the Sabbath. (laughs) 
you now know better than my listeners because you experience it now. When I say my hidden secret is the Sabbath, a day where none of this matters, it's just with friends who I, whom I adore and who adore me, and you now partake of in our Shabbat dinner Friday nights. Every Friday. With these same dozen and, and guests that I, I, uh, I'm, I'm usually in charge of bringing, and that people don't have this. There's no let up from the bombardment of racism and sexism and xenophobia and homophobia and transphobia. No, no let up. It's a, it's, that alone would make me depressed. Back in a moment, Julie Hartman and I on Ultimate Issues Hour. Hi, everybody. Why are so many young Americans depressed? The Ultimate Issues Hour question. I have a young American, Julie Hartman. We do the Dennis and Julie podcast each week. It, it goes as long as an hour and a half many times. It's, very, uh, it's a very beautiful and powerful thing. You should get, your, get young people to watch it. I mean, there's a big difference in our ages, and yet it doesn't seem to matter. And we don't talk about politics very often, That's which right. is That's correct. apropos of our last uh, uh, segment. Right, and Julie's beginning today. Today, her in own an hour podcast and a half. in an hour and a half, one o'clock Pacific time, four o'clock Eastern time every every day. Correct? Yes, every on day. the Julie Hartman YouTube channel, and then you can listen to it afterwards on YouTube or Spotify or Apple or wherever. So I asked you, and then we're going to take calls in a moment. But I asked you, and, I, and I, I forgot to go back to it, two segments ago, <laughs> when I asked you what percentage of your, you, you feel, we don't, obviously we don't have the data, but you think about half of your fellow students at Harvard were taking medication for depression. Yes. Okay. So I asked Pro- probably you. Probably more. Probably more. Do you think that the same ratio holds true at, let's say, the University of Montana? And you said, no, you don't think so. Why don't you think so? As Dennis just said, I want to emphasize I don't have any data. This is just my subjective observation. Right. I mentioned, I believe in our first segment, that many students nowadays my age are obsessed with getting into college. And I would say, I would amend that. I don't know about other areas of the country, but especially in affluent coastal cities that is very true among people my age and i think if you end up at a school like harvard you are you especially care about the name you especially care about accomplishments and credentials it's it's just a fact and so the reason why i would say that i think more people at harvard are depressed than other schools is because in order to get to a school like harvard and i know this very well You have to sacrifice your life and your happiness. From the time that I was young, I was playing sports every single day after school. I was obsessed with getting good grades. I was, you know, on the honor council at my school, which adjudicates honor code violations. I was on the student council. I just did so many activities, and all of my peers at Harvard did the same thing. And one of the things that I realized when I was a freshman, and it really hit me hard, but I'm so glad I had the realization is that when so much goes into a resume, there's not much left in the person. 
I want, uh, you've told me this on a few occasions, mm-hmm. so now I will respond about me. Okay. I Because we all do that. Whenever we hear something, we think, oh, how does it apply to myself? Which is perfectly normal and appropriate. And so how do I know you're, you're right? I know you're right because I did the absolute opposite. I know. For four years. I'm so years, happy for you that you did that. Oh, uh, uh, I believe, I'm not kidding, it was either a gift of God or nature. I can never tell because as much as I believe in God, I don't know how much he intervenes in any given person's life. But it was a gift. I knew that that stuff doesn't matter in high school, which coming from a Jewish middle class home where my brother went to Harvard Medical School was a big leap Mm -hmm. to say, I don't give a damn what college I, Dennis, go to. So what did I do for four years in high school? The opposite of you. I laughed. I you had... worked hard, though. You say this, no, no, but you worked no, oh, really... No. Oh, I worked hard in college. I did not work... Oh, no, I didn't do one but homework in high school. you learned Russian and... Oh, you... yes. So what? That's not hard work? It was fun. He's so funny. It, He's so funny. Yes. Oh, I learned how to conduct orchestras. I went to well, the New York Philharmonic Library. and hard work. Well, I did... No. All right. So let me put it to you this way. I did only what I wanted to do. I wanted to learn Russian. I wanted to learn how to conduct symphony orchestras. Like I was an abnormal human being. I did only what I didn't want to do. That's right. Okay, so it was the opposite. That's what I'm saying. So I realized you, you, you marvel and I marvel at my energy. It's the same as a 22-year-old and maybe more. But I really sometimes think the fact that I have no even possibility of burnout is that I did what I wanted right. in high school. You're totally right. I even find, as I'm preparing to guest host for you or go on my podcast, I approach it from a very academic-y, I must get everything right, I must know every statistic by heart uh, way of going about it, and I've had to unlearn those things so I don't get burned out. Okay, this is this is intense. Now, anyway, now you know what happens on Dennis and Julie because we could go on on this subject. Yes, we should on on our thing. Anyone who wants to protect America should also want to protect Israel. Ambassador Robert O'Brien, former National Security Advisor in the Trump administration, explains exactly why. See the new video at PragerU.com where we teach what should be taught. One eight Prager seven seven six. Why are so many young Americans depressed? Julie Hartman is a young American. So am I, but not an age. And let's go to uh, some of your calls here. This has been illuminating. I don't know what to take because they're all of. Okay, here's an interesting one in Hawaii. Dean, hello. Hello, thank you for taking my call, Master Dennis. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me okay? I do indeed. Well, I believe people, young people, I, I believe everybody is depressed because they don't get held enough. I believe it's very basic to human. I think happiness is having something to look forward to or feeling that you're contributing something. Or if, But at least I think people need to be held, hugged, held, you know, touched. That's basically what they So you, you think people were touch. touched and held more in the past? No. I mean, from time 
immemorialists. I mean, since the beginning of time, I believe it's a basic human need to be No, oh, that's out. clear. But you do know, you think that it's right. different today than, in, uh, than when you were no. a kid? Okay, so you just think, I, I hear you. Okay, I appreciate that. That's an interesting thought. It is an interesting thought. That's why I took the call. When I, I never thought about that. Are people touched enough? It is an interesting thought. I don't know if I'm equipped to answer. Well, uh, well, here, here's it. Let's think it through. Who, whom, whom do we allow to hug us? Okay, so there's the hugging of strangers, which I'm involved in. I hug strangers all the time. <laughs> uh, then there's the, the hugging. If if you're married and it's and it's a decent marriage, you hug your spouse or if you have a significant other we'll even say that but a lot of young people don't have a significant other but that's not new oh it is new Uh, oh uh, i see what you're saying that's my point you're not talking about adolescents no no i'm talking teenagers that's true that's true yeah dating is subsided it's subsided and marriage is delayed tremendously so how often that's why I took his call. I never thought about it. How often does someone your age get hugged? Well, you know, another thing, and I, th- I think Dean raises a legitimate point here, because of this woke world that we live in where something benign can be considered to be sexual assault or crossing a line, perhaps maybe people like your teachers or other mentors oh, in your no life question. who previously would show affection and yes. even physical affection towards you don't do that anymore. I I pose for photos thousands of times a year at events and, you know, just people stopping me. And I always put my arm around the person that, that I'm posing with. And I always think, whoa, in today's day and age, is that risky? By the way, I don't give a damn if it is because I don't give in to that stuff. But I am sure other people do. The answer is yes, it is. Yes, that, there's no doubt in my mind. And... uh so I, I've asked a very a good question based on Dean's uh, call. How many? How often? It, you're 23. I won't. I won't ask you about you. But how often? I no, no. I'm, I'm obviously. But how how often is somebody your age hugged? Well, they're not dying to be hugged by their parents. As I said, I don't know. I, I'm. I don't know if I'm equipped to answer that. But what I can tell you, you, you got me thinking when you raised the dating issue. People nowadays don't date and they don't have the obviously related affectionate touch that comes with dating. The touch that they do have, that is the sexual touch, is very transactional. Nowadays, a lot of people my age engage in hookup culture, as we were talking about a few segments ago, instead of right, being monogamous. E- that's not even a hug. I right, mean, but I'm saying sex, the type of intimate it, yeah. touch is different. Correct. So it's, it's not more intimate. Trans- it's not intimate. Exactly. Right. It's more transactional That's than intimate. Right. Yep. Yep. Okay. Let's see here. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Simpsonville, South Carolina. And Rick, hello. Hi. Hi. I uh, am 74 years old. In 1970, graduated from Bowdoin College. And I was the only one on campus that was interested in religion. And I was the guy that everybody came to and talked about religion. And now, 
52 years later, I read my alumni, and all these guys are just dull. Nobody believes in God. They brag about what they earned and that. So I think that our generation gave birth to two generations of people out of touch with religion I couldn't, and God. I, I couldn't agree with you more. That's exactly right. Can't hear. Oh, you didn't hear? Okay, we got to get your earphones. So he, he uh, went to college, 70, 74, he went to college, graduated in about 70 or whatever it was, and he was the only Christian at his college, Bowdoin College. And and now he sees, you know, two generations later, his his peers, you know, not not the happiest crowd and, and so on. And he he so he says this that generation, the baby boomer, which is what he is and what I am, gave birth to the next two generations who don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And that's my lament the whole time. The, the great, the so-called greatest generation, and I don't say so-called negatively. They they were great, but they made the, the error, the epic error of not giving their kids Americanism or religion. They were so focused on giving their kids what they did not have—that mm. is, material comfort and security—that yep. they forgot to give them what they did have, that is, American values. Which included, in God we trust. It's on every coin, folks. I didn't make that up. Wow. Uh, it's, it's a wonder that people can see poll after poll that religious people are happier. Everyone wants to be happier, or most everyone. Some people are, are happy being unhappy because they get attention. And yet they still won't take, they won't even give religion a try. All right, everybody, final segment. My joy with Julie is very great. You can hear Dennis and Julie on uh, the Salem, what is it, Podcast Network. You could watch it, you could hear it on there or Spotify, anywhere you go, Dennis and Julie. But you can watch it uh, on YouTube. On Mondays. Uh, well, and, anytime, and anytime you want, it goes right. up but on live, Monday. You but, can watch it live on Mondays. Yeah, but you can be you—you uh, you are starting your podcast today, and this is a very—it's a very big deal. I wish you good luck. It, Thank it, you. It is not easy. No, it is not. Every, every day. Every day. An hour, correct? And yes, so every day—Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm going to be live at 1 p.m. on YouTube, Julie Hartman YouTube channel, doing the show Timeless. And you're right. It, it is hard to do it every day, but, you know, it's I have such a fun time researching oh, the and coming amount up you with learn, topics. The, the amount any of us who does this work learns is, is beyond belief and on every subject. All right, let me summarize some of your calls, folks. Uh, we're talking about why Julie's generation is, is depressed. So... Uh, let's see. In Denver, Ed says, depression is from obsession with the self. Where is the service or the sacrifice? That's fascinating. Agreed. See, I told you, you got very Agreed. intelligent calls. They are obsessed with themselves. Mm -hmm. That's why I was against that sign, which the left went crazy mocking me on the internet, which, as you know, doesn't deprive me of, of a nanoseconds of, of sleep. But it was interesting how much they hated that I that I mock the sign in f fifth grade class, you are the most important person in the world. 
If Americans spent five minutes a day learning about what other people in other parts of the world have to go through, we would be an infinitely happier people. But no, we focus on ourselves, and Ed is right. That's why we're depressed. Uh, Daryl in St. Paul, Minnesota. No antidepressants in the past. His wife had shock therapy. So I guess the point is that there were depressed people, but they didn't have antidepressant drugs, which is true. I don't think they did. That's true. That's, That's fair. Anderson, South Carolina, Randy, were a self-absorbed society, as the Denver call noted. Uh, yes, Rio, Linda, California, Eric, belief in God, you always have something to hope for. Yes, if there's no God, there's nothing. What are you going to hope for? Mm-hmm. For eternity, you're, you're in oblivion. There's nothing. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty clear. Pittsburgh Tom has a, a similar view. And I, I can't get to David in Manhattan, Bill in Georgia, and Stephanie in Arizona. God bless you all for calling here, Julie, today in just an hour. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. At the Salem Podcast Network. Or or anywhere, Or on really. YouTube. Yes. yes. YouTube Live cold, at 1 p.m. It's cold. Pacific. Timeless with Julie Hartman. Right. And Dennis and Julie as well. Good luck, Julie. Thank you. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.